Section 12 of Guelphs and Ghibellines by Oscar Browning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 10. The Black Death. Louis of Hungary. Genoa and Venice. Marino Faliero. Part 1. The middle of the 14th century, which we have now reached, marks an epoch of change in the history of Italy. It is the time of the ravages of that terrible plague, which was known in England under the name of the Black Death. All students of English history are familiar with its importance in the economic history of our own country, yet the precise character of the changes which it wrought is still a matter of dispute. Bishop Stubbs says of it, one thing ascribed to it is that it caused nearly all the social changes which took place in england down to the reformation the depopulation of towns the relaxation of the bonds of moral and social law the solution of the continuity of national development caused by a sort of disintegration in society generally another view would regard it as an example of the social law according to which a period of pestilence and distress results in an expansion of national life and energy and is followed by an increase after a certain time in national prosperity perhaps like the effects of a cold and bracing climate the results varied with the inherent power of reaction possessed by the individual organism we have not the means of determining what were the precise effects of this calamity on italy we do not know enough of the economical conditions of the peninsula before and after the catastrophe but we have records of the terrible ravages which the disease caused and in the dreary annals of the next hundred years we shall not be wrong in referring the helplessness of the italian nation to this cause more than to any other the plague supposed to have been brought to italy from the levant by genoese galleys in thirteen forty seven appeared in that year in certain parts of tuscany the romagna and provence checked by the cold of winter it broke out in the following spring and in thirteen forty eight desolated the whole of italy except milan and piedmont at florence the plague destroyed three-fifths of the population including the celebrated historian giovanni villani at pisa it carried off seven-tenths at siena there died in four months eighty thousand persons the town of trapani became entirely deserted every one of the inhabitants died genoa lost forty thousand naples sixty thousand sicily nine hundred and thirty thousand souls all europe was laid waste excepting the low countries which escaped in some remarkable manner we must now proceed to relate the expedition of Louis of Hungary into Italy, undertaken to avenge the murder of his brother Andrew. Before setting out, he attempted to gain possession of the port of Zara in Dalmatia, with the intention of using it as a base of operations for the conquest of Apulia. The people of Zara readily submitted to him, as he came to them with an army of Hungarians and Bosnians but the venetians offered a vigorous resistance and he was compelled to desist from the enterprise he did not however give up his design he set out from pest on november third thirteen forty seven 
and passed by the head of the adriatic to udine at padua he was received by giacomo de carrara at vicenza by alberto della scala at verona by martino at modena by obizzo desti at bologna by giacomo pepoli in the romagna he was welcomed by the principal lords the ordolafi the malatesta the polenta and the ubaldini passing by urbino and foligno he reached aquila on christmas eve at foligno he was met by the papal legate cardinal bertrand who forbade him to proceed any further but he replied that he came by the will of god and paid no further attention his troops took possession of solmona venafro tiano and san germano lewis of tarentum assembled an army at capua to guard the passage of the volturno but he was defeated and lewis entered benevento joanna assembled the representatives of what remained to her of her possessions and announced her intention of retiring from the kingdom on january fifteenth thirteen forty one she set sail with three galleys and reached narbonne and afterwards marseilles louis and ajajuli found a refuge in tuscany charles of durazzo who had married the princess maria who had been originally betrothed to louis had on the first news of the king of hungary's advance given some support to his sister-in-law joanna but he now hastened to aversa to make his submission to the conqueror he was accompanied by his brother and by philip of tarentum louis's own brother he was treacherously murdered by louis on the very balcony from which andrew had been hung there is no reason to believe that charles was privy to andrew's death although it is possible that louis believed him guilty and was also anxious to punish him from having married his betrothed bride the rest of the princes were seized and sent to hungary the fickle neapolitan mob plundered the palaces of the captured princes and fra Morreale himself who was devoted body and soul to durazzo took his share in the loot maria the widow of charles escaped to provence with her two daughters louis now made a triumphal entry into naples and received the homage of the barons claiming the kingdom as his own by right of inheritance in may thirteen forty eight he sailed back to hungary and shortly afterwards sent stephen of transylvania to italy as his lieutenant three months later joanna and her husband to whom clement the sixth had given the empty title of king of jerusalem returned to naples a lingering war went on between joanna and the hungarians conducted chiefly by mercenaries commanded on either side by german leaders the general of the king of hungary was conrad wulfhardt that of joanna werner van uslingen one called in italian lupo or gilfort the other guanieri in thirteen fifty the german mercenaries were eventually bought off uslingen returned to germany with his plunder wulfhardt and fra Morreale remained in the kingdom many of their soldiers took service with the different houses of italy and went to swell those companies of condottieri which were the pest of that country in the times which immediately succeeded king louis returned to italy in july thirteen ninety he had with him fifteen thousand hungarians eight thousand germans 
and four thousand Lombards, which afterwards were more than doubled. There was some talk of a duel between the two kings, but the conditions could not be arranged. He devoted himself to the siege of Aversa, and not being able to take it, could not remain any longer absent from his kingdom. The war came finally to an end in 1352. A treaty was made between Louis and Joanna, and confirmed by the Pope, the terms of which are somewhat difficult to ascertain. Apparently Louis only surrendered his title to Joanna on the condition that she should be declared innocent of the murder of Andrew. Eventually Joanna was declared innocent by the Pope. We must now direct our attention to the rivalry between Genoa and Venice, which resulted in the triumph of the Queen of the Adriatic. We have already seen how the navy of Pisa was destroyed by Genoa at the Battle of Meloria. Genoa and Venice possessed at this time the most important navies in the Mediterranean, and the commerce of the world was principally carried on in the Mediterranean Sea. The third Mediterranean power of this age was that of the Catalans, then subject to the kingdom of Aragon. The most important navy in the north of Europe was that of the Hanse towns. The commerce of Venice and Genoa had spread like that of the Greeks and the Phoenicians into the recesses of the Black Sea, and we find the factories and forts of the two rivals in close proximity. The town of Kaffa in the Crimea was founded by the Genoese in the middle of the 13th century. They lost it in 1308 and purchased it again from the Tartars ten years afterwards, making it the seat of a missionary bishopric. Tana on the Don was another commercial centre. The Genoese founded a colony here in 1330. It was the centre of an immense trade, extending even as far as China. Sinope on the northern coast of the Black Sea was another important centre, as also was Trebizond, the seat of an offshoot of the Greek Empire and the chief port of communication with Armenia. This town was almost entirely in the hands of Venice, there being a very close communication, commercial and ecclesiastical, between Venice and Armenia, of which the Armenian convent of San Lazaro is a relic at the present day. The two rival powers were naturally strongly represented at Constantinople. The quarter of the Venetians in that city was protected by walls, and their private harbour protected by palisades. On the other hand, the emperor Michael Paleologus had given to the Genoese in absolute sovereignty the suburb of Pera or Galata, opposite to Constantinople. The town was surrounded by a triple circle of walls, and its magnificence nearly equalled that of Constantinople itself. The Greek Empire was tottering toward its fall, and the Turks were already appearing on the eastern horizon. Andronicus Paleologus III, on his death in 1328, had left a widow, Anne of Savoy, and a son, John V, whom he committed to the care of John Cantacuzinus, marshal of the palace. There was a natural rivalry between the guardian and the mother. The Genoese took the side of the Empress Anne, and the quarrel was appeased in 1347 by the coronation on the same day of the three empresses and the two emperors, Cantacuzinas having been elevated to the imperial title. 
but the peace was of short duration. The Genoese seized the island of Chios. They also seized and fortified the summit of the hill of Pera, against the wish of the emperor Cantacuzinas. In consequence of these affronts, he declared war against them. In the spring of 1349, a hard battle was fought between the Genoese and the Greeks, just off the Principo Islands, and in this the Greeks were defeated. The Genoese did not pursue their advantage, but made an honorable but short-lived peace. Just at this time, a war with the Tartars of the Crimea stimulated the Venetians to rebel against the monopoly of commerce possessed by the Genoese in that peninsula. They determined to found an emporium at Tana to balance the rival station at Caffa. Marco Ruzzini was sent for that purpose with a force of twenty-five galleys. On the way he met with ten galleys commanded by Marco Morosini. The united fleets attacked fourteen Genoese galleys in the harbour of Caristus, in the Negroponte or Eubia, and captured ten of them. The Venetians were now joined by two useful allies, King Peter IV of Aragon and John Cantacuzinas, Emperor of Constantinople. In the meantime, the four Genoese galleys which had escaped at Negroponte, joining with five others which had come from Chios, attacked Candia, which was a Venetian possession, and liberated their countrymen who had been conveyed there as prisoners. In 1351, Ruzzini was replaced by Niccolo Pisani. He made a violent but unsuccessful attack on Pera, but was recalled by the news of a Genoese expedition to the Negroponte. The Genoese succeeded in enclosing him with a fleet of sixty-six galleys under Paganino Doria, and he was compelled to sink his ships and to escape by land. The next year witnessed a still more terrible conflict. A fleet of thirty galleys under Pancrazio Giustiniani and of twenty-two Catalan galleys under Ponce di Santa Paz under the supreme command of Niccolo Pisani, attempted to force the entrance to the Bosphorus on February 13, 1352. The battle continued during the whole of a very stormy day and night, and the loss on both sides was enormous. The Venetians, however, were decidedly the greatest sufferers, and they retired from the contest for a season. The Genoese now compelled Cantacuzinas to sign a treaty on May 6, 1352, which gave them the sole right to trade at Constantinople, and engaged to exclude the Venetians and the Catalans. The defeat of the Venetians in the Bosphorus was soon repaired in the Mediterranean. Pisani, the Venetian admiral, succeeded in effecting a union with a Catalan fleet of forty galleys, Grimaldi of Genoa came out to meet them with a fleet of fifty-two galleys. The battle took place at Loera, in the northern part of the island of Sardinia, on August 28, 1353. The Venetians contrived to conceal their superiority of numbers, a common device both in naval and military warfare in the Middle Ages, and the Genoese were entirely defeated. Ninety galleys were taken, with thirty-five hundred prisoners, and twenty-four hundred Genoese perished in the fight. End of section 12